Welcome to the First Church Message of the Week podcast. Thanks for listening in. During our series titled Lifelong Learners, we've been talking about different ways to learn and grow, not just in reading, writing, or arithmetic, but also from Jesus, Scripture, and community. Scripture invites us to be imitators of God, to practice and give witness to our faith by first imitating the faithful examples of those around us. In today's scripture reading from Hebrews 12, Pastor Jen talks about the gift of being a part of the cloud of witnesses past, present, and future. There is no better time or place or way to live out our faith than by starting with small things here today. How might we let the lives of others around us teach us how to live into our faith? And how are we also letting our lives and our imitations of God be influential to those around us? In this message of the week from September 26th, Pastor Jen Tyler shares from Hebrews 12 and what it means to be a witness. Here is our First Church message of the week. So over the past several weeks, uh, we have been talking about what it means to be lifelong learners as a part of our sermon series. Uh, As a people of faith, we know that we're never done learning, and so we've been talking about how we are called to learn from different people and different things in our lives. Specifically, we talked about Jesus and Scripture as our teachers the last two weeks, and today I want to talk a little bit about the importance of learning as a part of a community. Community is an important part of who we are. And I've been reflecting a lot lately on how much we have grown in our appreciation of this truth, maybe especially over the last year and a half. I think COVID has changed how we relate to each other. And I hope that if there is a silver lining, that it might be about how it has taught us the importance of living together or of gathering together in ways that maybe we never realized we would even miss. Scripture has a lot to say to us about community and the gift of gathering together. And a few months ago, when we were planning this sermon series, we were going through the book of Ephesians together, and I thought, oh my goodness, what a perfect invitation to live in community, as this passage that Sandy referred to teaches us about being imitators of God learning from one another and using, as she calls them, these superpowers to honor God and one another in community. And while that's important, and I confess that I even on Monday had part of that sermon written that I was going to share with you uh, this Sunday, instead I want to read a different passage. Um, I'm blaming this on Pastor Abigail, by the way. Uh, Last week in Pastor Abigail's sermon, she talked about the gift of Scripture, And one of the questions that she asked us was if any of us have favorite scripture passages or some of those scriptures that we know by heart, that we can recite, that affect us in our daily lives and how we live together. And that invited me to reflect a bit more on one of my favorite scriptures, which is the one I do want to read today from Hebrews 12. It talks about the community and the gift of community, both past and present, and what it can teach us about life and faith. Sometimes that's how the Holy Spirit is, right? 
you think you know one thing, or in my case, I had a plan, and we were going to talk about Ephesians today, and I was ahead of the curve, right? Like, I even started my sermon before I heard Pastor Abigail's sermon, and I was really excited to have one less thing to worry about this week. Anybody else ever feel that way? And then have the Holy Spirit come and swoop in and change your whole plan, and I started over? Sometimes God surprises us in ways that are, well, it's not unwelcome, but they are surprising, And that's kind of how community can be too. Community that hopes and expects that we will continue to learn and to grow and to be changed and go through some unexpected circumstances together. And so in an effort to practice what I preach and wanting all of us to be open to that invitation, today I want you to hear the words from Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. Hebrews 12 invites us. It says, so let's So then, let's also run the race that is laid out in front of us, since we have such a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us. Let's throw off any extra baggage and get rid of the sin that trips us up and fix our eyes on Jesus, faith's pioneer and perfecter. He endured the cross, ignoring the shame for the sake of the joy that was laid out in front of him and sat down at the right side of God's throne. Think about the one who endured such opposition from sinners so that you won't be discouraged and you won't give up. Here ends our scripture reading. Let's pray together. Holy and loving God, as we hear this, your word this day, we ask that you would continue to lead us in unexpected ways that you would open our ears that we might hear you more clearly, our eyes that we might see you more clearly, and our hearts that we might love you more deeply as you rid us from any and all distractions so that all that we see and hear and know and feel and speak are of you. Amen. So in his book that's titled Questions of Life, Uh, Pastor Nikki Gumbel shares a story that I think points out how easy it is for us to want to just blend in in community. Um, It tells us about a young police officer who was taking his final exam and he came across an essay question that was set up really well. So the question was this, I'm going to read it. It says, you are on patrol when an explosion occurs in the gas main on a street nearby. On investigation, you discover a large hole has been blown in the sidewalk and there is an overturned van lying nearby. Inside the van, there is a strong smell of alcohol. Both occupants, a man and a woman, are injured. You recognize the woman as the wife of your commanding officer who's presently away at a training. A passing motorist stops to offer assistance and you realize that he is a man who's wanted for armed robbery. Suddenly, a man runs out of a nearby house shouting that his wife is expecting a baby and the shock of the explosion has made the birth imminent. Now, bearing in mind the provisions of the Mental Health Act, describe in a few words what actions you would take. Anybody know where to start with a story like that? The young officer thought for a moment and then he wrote, I would take off my uniform and mingle with the crowd. Now, I imagine I'm not the only one who sympathizes, uh, sympathizes a little bit with him, right? 
We know that the officer's responsible. We've probably all been in situations where we feel like we are in so far over our heads that it'd be easier to just blend in, to not have to be in charge, uh, to wait for someone else to give you direction. Now, the same might be true in this clearly exaggerated circumstance, but I think sometimes that's true for us as Christians too, isn't it? I mean, we've all been in situations where it would be so much easier to just blend in with the people and the world around us. At times, I think it's tempting to take off our Christian uniform and instead to choose to just mingle with the crowd. And yet, as we talk about the importance of being lifelong learners, I can't help but to think about this invitation from the book of Hebrews that I just read. But it invites us to be mindful of the cloud of witnesses that are all around us. To be reminded that we are called to do the opposite of that. We are called to stand out, to stand above the crowd, answering not just to the powers in this world, but to a higher power, to the highest of beings as we are called to stand out as people who shine none other than the Christ, the light of Christ that is alive within us. Now, what this looks like in our day-to-day lives is varied, right? We are called, though, to be witnesses to the world around us, speaking of our faith, not just with our words, but also with our actions. You see, one of the things I've been reflecting on as I think about the ways we learn from community is how our journey of learning is not just about studying or soaking in new information around us. It's also about living it out. It is about practicing our faith. We know, and we don't always apply this to our faith, but if you want to become better at something, anything, what do you do to try to be better at it? We practice it, right? So whether it's reading or sports or learning to sing, or if you want to play in the bell choir, I learned a couple of weeks ago, you have to be able to read music well to be able to play in the bell choir. These are talented musicians in front of us. The best way to become better at that is to practice it more. And that's true of our faith, too. And we know that sometimes it doesn't come easy. I mean, I'm the first to tell you my motivation to get up and go to the gym at 7 a.m. is not high. And bless those of you who go at 5 or 6, right? Sometimes the things we need to practice the most don't come easy. But in our faith, in our need to practice, we're not in it alone, We know this, we believe this, and that's part of why we gather to worship God in community for what we call corporate worship together. To gather and to read and to study and to reflect, and I hope to grow, to learn from gifts like scripture that we might learn from one another and not just from the text. We hope that in doing so, we will become more and more in tune with God who gives us the very things that we have seen and heard that are worth speaking about. Sometimes this happens in in surprising ways, right? I did not expect to come to worship last week and have Pastor Abigail change my sermon on me this week. But sometimes maybe that's just what we need. Sometimes the sermon that the pastors stand up to preach are actually probably what we need to hear, first and foremost. 
In our scripture passage from Hebrews today, we are reminded that no matter what we do, if we do it in faith, we are never alone. Because we not only have God by our side, but as it tells us, we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. I love this imagery, and often when we use this passage, if you've heard this passage in worship, my guess, it was a time that we were reflecting on or referring to the people who've come before us. Often we read this passage on a day like All Saints Sunday, a day in our worship year where we pause to reflect and celebrate the lives of people of faith who have gone on into glory ahead of us. But one of the reasons this text is my favorite is because it's also about more than that. It's absolutely about the people who have come before us, who have shaped us, who have formed us, including and not just um, only those that we've known our life, in our lifetimes, but also those in generations past, all the way back to the time of Jesus, who this passage tells us is the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. I love that phrase. The pioneer and perfecter of our faith wants us to be pioneers who are going on each and every day closer to perfection as we seek to live out our faith too. And sometimes that's not easy. Sometimes, almost always, I would argue, that requires that we have to take some risks. You see, in this passage, in 12.1, we are told that they are not just any witnesses. It tells, calls them witnesses a couple times here. But when it tells us that these witnesses to our faith that have come before us, well, in the chapter before it, in Hebrews chapter 11, the passage talks about who some of those people are who've come before us. It talks about the mothers and the fathers who took of our faith, who took bold risks, who dreamed big, what I would call God-sized dreams, and who followed God even when they weren't sure of the outcome. It names people like the Israelites who passed through the Red Sea, a story that we all love, right? But can you imagine just stepping into a dry bed with sea on both sides of you and not thinking, oh, those walls are going to come crashing down on me? Can you imagine some of the risks they took when they escaped to Egypt? It reminds me also of stories, or this passage reminds us also of stories like when the people got to Jericho and they marched around the city in silence, trusting that God would provide when they did that for a seventh time. Prayerfully and faithfully, they gave witness to their faith and to the greatness of God by taking a risk and being willing to look a little foolish. Can you imagine a whole community marching around the city and saying, no, if we walk around the whole town of Watertown seven times, God will give us what we need. But they were so faithful to God that they did it anyway. And it is through bold and risky and sometimes ridiculous appearing faith that this passage reminds us that God's people and the cloud of witnesses that we get to be a part of, we are called to build upon that foundation of trust. And not just any trust, but the kind of trust that says to God, yes, God, we want to risk it all. We want to do that if it means we can trust you more if we can serve you more faithfully, if we can be witnesses to your goodness that is within and around 
and beyond us. Friends, are you willing to say yes to that? Because that's what it looks like to give witness to our faith and to be a part of a community that seeks not only to learn from those around us, but also to be the kind of faithful followers of Jesus that lets the people around us learn from us too. That's part of what I love about this idea of the cloud of witnesses in this passage. Part of our membership vows as United Methodists is that we commit to being here with all of who we are. We commit to supporting our church with our prayers and our presence and our gifts and our service and our witness. And one of the things that I most appreciate about this word witness is that it's simultaneously, and I know, but maybe the grammar nerds are with me here, right? Witness is simultaneously a noun and an adjective and a verb, right? So it means that it is an identity of who we are, and it can also serve as a descriptor of both who someone is and what we do. And that's important because we are called to say and invited to say yes, as the witnesses did before us, as these folks who are a part of the cloud of witnesses did before us, as they remind us to live into the fullness of each and every one of these identities, to be witnesses in who we are, in what we do, and how we go about our lives. As people of faith, as Christians, we cannot have or be just one of these. We are called to embrace them all because we believe that our faith is a gift from God. And there is nothing we could ever do to save us from our sin because Jesus alone has already done that. But we also believe, as it reminds us in the book of James chapter two, that faith without works is dead. In other words, our faith, if we are truly living it and embracing it, is going to lead us into action. And we know that we are witnesses to what Christ has done and is doing in our world. And so we are called to be representatives of Christ to the world around us. We are called to be led by our faith, first and foremost, that we might follow the examples of the faithful people for generations past before us. And sometimes we're called to follow the faithful witness of a single generation before us. Who are those people who most impacted your life? If you had to pick on someone that you would blame for being up and being here this morning, maybe it was a mom or a grandma or a sibling or a pastor or a Sunday school teacher, who has impacted your life? Because while most of us don't like the idea of be calling ourselves witnesses, because that can be a scary word, right? Most of us are not called to go stand on a street corner and witness our faith to all the people that walk by. But we are called to share it in large and small ways alike to the people that we encounter each and every day. To follow God by loving one another, by using the superpowers, as Sandy said, of forgiveness and of grace of knowing that the Holy Spirit is with us and leads us and guides us to love and care for one another, to those that it's easy to love and to those that it's not easy to love. As witnesses and representatives of Jesus, 
that is what it looks like to be a part of a faithful community. To always seek to be learning from people around us, the ones we expect and the ones we don't. And while doing that, to be doing our very best to set an example for the people who are looking up to us too. Now that doesn't mean we're gonna get it right every time, but it means that even when we don't, we're not afraid to say, I'm sorry, or can we start over? I forgive you, and I want to be and do better. Those are the kinds of examples we also have an opportunity to set, because whether we realize it or not, people are watching, people are listening, people are learning from all that we say and do. They are giving witness to our actions and our words and our choices. And so today and every day, that is my hope and invitation, is that we would embrace not just the gift of the cloud of witnesses that have come before us, but also the opportunity to be a part of the cloud of witnesses, present and future. That each and every one of us would do our very best as we seek to live into all of who we are as witnesses of God taking every opportunity to celebrate and to learn from one another, as in turn we seek to model faithful actions as a people who together make up our community of faith. Let's pray together. Holy and loving God, we give you thanks for the opportunity to have learned from the cloud of witness that has come before us for thousands of years to now. We ask, oh God, that with every breath we take, you would help us to more faithfully seek after you, to trust in you, to follow you, and to give witness to who you are with our words, with our actions, with our breath, and with our interactions. Help us, God, to honor you in the name of Jesus Christ, your Son, who calls and invites us to this place. Amen. Thanks for joining us for the First Church Message of the Week. To stay connected, subscribe to this podcast and follow us on Facebook. For more information on our church calendar, visit our website at watertownfirst.church. This has been the First Church Message of the Week.